I'm Mike. I'm Italian, but if you think that defines me, you can forget about it. And I'm Justin. And I didn't come here to make friends. I came here to have a relationship that'll just keep on going on and on for years and years. And we're going to keep on texting each other drunk every every six months and going, what are we doing with ourselves? Why am I doing this? Who is this person to me? I don't know you. And I did not come here to make friends. And this is Shit My, my Girlfriend, Girlfriend Makes Me Watch. All right. We welcome you back to another episode of Shit My Girlfriend Makes Me Watch. My name is Mike Coscarelli. My name is Justin Perez. And I might sound very sleepy. On tonight's episode of the podcast, uh, it's because we're taping after I just watched a four-hour documentary <laughs> on child molestation. Uh, if you are unfamiliar with what I could possibly be talking about, we just watched... Four leaving. hours of my home movies. <laughs> That's right. You were molested. Yes, queen. Yes, queen. <laughs> I was molested. Um, uh, my first... Uh, Tap dance on the national stage came from a little interview I did on a little podcast called Guys We Fucked. That's right. In which I was interviewed for an hour about said molestation and in which I have gotten a girlfriend based on that conversation. Right. It was your only credit and you had to get molested to get it. Yes. So what did you get? I got a girlfriend out of getting molested. That's the thing I got out of it. Fair trade. I think so. Uh, we watched uh, Leaving Neverland this week. We also watched uh, the end of The Bachelor. Uh, got a lot to talk about with both of those things. Uh, but first, Justin, how was your week? Oh, the week was incredible. Once again, we're talking about my birthday celebration, the big three something. And it was great. I went home for the weekend. Uh, my mom. Wait, that's what you want to talk about? My birthday? And not the fact that tonight is a Taz night. Oh. <laughs> and why am I here? What is one of the reasons that I'm here? Because it's her one-year anniversary. It's your one-year year anniversary with Taz. I mean, it's she thinks it's a one-year anniversary. I think somewhere around there we, we started <laughs> dating. How uh, romantic. <laughs> there was no official start date. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I don't really buy into it, but... We're just going to start celebrating this as if it is. That's smart. I really should probably be in April sometime. Oh, okay. But uh, <laughs> more importantly, um, I had back my birthday. Back to you. Yeah, back to me. <laughs> uh, my uh, birthday celebration was uh, incredible. I went home to my parents' house, went to a Mexican restaurant, had a bunch of uh, dudes, uh, Mexican dudes, sing happy birthday to me. Delicious. Uh, I went back to my parents' house. We stayed over the night. My parents had a family friend come over. And they smoked weed. My my mom and my family friend smoked weed. My mom has scleroderma, which is an autoimmune uh, disease that she's constantly in pain. She constantly has to manage this pain. And so people have just been giving her weed. Yeah, pretty cool. For like the last four years. Mm -hmm. So she has probably an ounce of weed on her at her house. And she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do with it. So I, we encouraged her to smoke. And she smoked. And she was very funny. She had she was pain free, so you know if she just smokes every day and every minute she's awake, she'll be pain free. Yeah, I mean that's the beauty of modern medicine. <laughs> they seem to have figured everything out. Yeah, yeah, just constantly smoke weed, mom. Yeah, just uh, yeah. So so that was fun, and then I uh, had a big birthday celebration, which you were a part of. Yes, that's right. We uh, went axe throwing. Taz had me a surprise birthday party at Kick Axe, a place in Gowanus. Now one of our sponsors. Please check out Kick Axe at kickaxe.com. You can throw axes. While drinking. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, so we went to that. It was a big surprise party. It was like uh, 11 of my closest friends. And at this point, my only friends. I refuse to acknowledge any other friends who were not there. Yeah, well, there's, there's no possible way that somebody's invitation might have gotten lost in the mail with Taz. Um uh, coordinating the entire thing. How did you coordinate it? I, I know nothing about it. She just sent a bunch of text messages around. I was like, maybe you ask this person if they want to come. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, sure, sure, sure. And then I did. And they were like, yeah, I can't because of whatever reason. Yeah. When um, did she ask? Who did she ask? When? When did she first ask? You? Uh, maybe three weeks ago, two weeks ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. Wasn't really that far out, but far That's enough. Far to, out. Yeah. Where uh, if like you have far enough where I could have easily forgotten if it wasn't brought up several times on this podcast. Oh, good. Good, good, good. You know? Yeah. I don't know when your birthday is, so I really hope it's in May. No, I'm going to keep it a mystery. 
You want to keep it a mystery? I'm well, gonna spring it on you and then be mad when you didn't get me some <laughs> sort of present or showed up to some oh, well. sort of party. Well, you know, I'm still, still, still waiting for my present, Mike. <sighs> me and Lux were gonna chip. Well, uh, I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, don't spoil it. Just give it to me one day. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, like the day I come out, I want you to to give me that present. Oh, the day you come out? Yeah, yeah. Okay, should be. Any day now. <laughs> Give me that present. on this sexuality for a while. Yep, yep, yep. It's yeah. all fluid. Uh, I come. Uh, so it was a good weekend. It was a beautiful weekend and planned overall. I was very, very happy. Um, Taz got me um, not Birkenstocks. Birkenstocks. She got me an Apple Watch. Oh, a real gift. Yes, which yeah. if you're not familiar with an Apple Watch. It tells time. It tells time. You can text have message. Apps. And mostly it's used to fool myself into thinking I've burned enough calories walking around. Mm. I don't need to do anything else. You basically got a step counter. Yes. I got a $400 step counter as a gift. Well, I, I, I had nothing else to add. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was pretty good. Uh, Mike, how was your week real quick? Uh, Great. Well, so the first thing we're going to talk about. <laughs> I'm so tired, dude. Uh, I'm tired because we have had a, has had a, have had a crazy week. Uh, we closed on our new apartment, so we're leaving mouse the mouse house, house mouse house two, uh, officially leaving on April first to beautiful Astoria, Queens, which is gonna be nice and fun. Um, also had a very successful uh, recap uh, of the Bachelor party that we produced. Uh, in cooperation with Betches mm-hmm. um, at Slate in New York City, where we had Nick Vial and we had uh, we had um, uh, I, dude, I'm literally like losing my fuck. Jordan Kimball was there; he was really cool, and we had Connor. Oh, Jordan's your boy. Jordan's my boy. Yeah, all those guys. Was were Jordan cool. nice? They were all nice. Yeah, they were all cool. <laughs> Connor, Connor might have been my favorite. Why? He was just the most real with me. Where, so basically, we do this thing where it's like, uh, so I, I produce shows at, at uh, Betches, one of them being The Bachelor. So we do this live event where we get these guys in. And um, so I'm helping Derek Peth and Kay uh, Brown get ready to do, they're the hosts of the show. Derek was also on a, a season of The Bachelor. Uh, and I'm helping them get ready for the show. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking to Derek and, and I'm just like, you know, do you get nervous for these things? Because he's been doing them enough now. We probably had we had several hundred people who were attending this event. So uh-huh. I'd say probably somewhere between five and eight hundred people. Yeah, they were there to basically watch, you know, Kay and Derek interview a podcast. Nick. Yeah, kind it was of a podcast. And then then the it. rest of the night was going to be that they watched the la- final episode of the season of The Bachelor. Okay, and they would watch it with the guys, and they'd put on the big screen TVs and stuff. So um, at a certain point, we just realized that the podcast wasn't like they didn't care. Who didn't care? The people that were there. The girls were just like, the girls were just talking. Like oh, in they, the audience. The audience just wanted to be around these guys. They and didn't really give a shit quick. about what they had to say. You won't believe it, but somebody who was famous for six weeks of dating, <laughs> some of them even less, some of them like <laughs> three weeks, four weeks. They just they just wanted to... They just want to be near a hot guy them, yeah. who has a lot of Instagram followers. So Derek and Kay are like working their ass off to try to like... They're like interviewing like Nick really hard. And it's just... It's <laughs> so loud. really hard. What can they he are. have to say? They're, what listen, can he have to say? Have to do, will you stop talking so I don't have to edit this, please? <laughs> I worry about my fucking job here. No, he has so much to say um <laughs> they uh they're doing like a good job trying to get like like nick to talk and nick is talking and everything but it's just so loud these girls were just they didn't care that anybody was on stage they were just like there to hang out with the guys so i was talking to connor off to the side and i was just like man is this shit is this always like this and he was just like yeah <laughs> he was like very straight up with me he's like he's like yeah he's just like a, you know you just show up and girls just want to like hang out and, and do whatever. It's always loud. They're always screaming and there's never any like order to any of this. And I was like, all right, man, like at least, you know, the ride that you're on and you're not expecting anything like create, like, like more organized than that. Yeah. You know, because obviously if you're producing something and you sort of feel like, Oh my God, the crowd is just doing, is just going nuts. Whatever they want. So basically being a former contestant on the bachelorette for them is like being like a shitty beetle. 
in 2019. I told Derek it, it sort of felt like that. I was like, dude, you guys, like, I hate to make this comparison and put pressure on you, but, like, in a lot of ways, you guys are kind of like the Beatles. It's like... Like a sad version of the dude, Beatles. Dude, as, as soon as the fucking microphones go on, it's just like the the crowd just... they These girls just go nuts, you know? Like, yeah. they immediately just start screaming, and it doesn't matter, like like, whether Derek is talking or whatever. It just winds up being this thing where they are just... They're just fucking loud. Yeah. And that's what every all these events are. And that's what these guys are sort of used to at this point where that you know, they make these appearances and they just show up and it's just chaos, yeah. you know? But they they like learn to live in it. They have fun doing it. They all did. They all I mean, I saw Derek, man. Like like uh we've developed like a pretty like we're like we're like buds kind of. And Derek is always like Derek is like a fan favorite for the bachelor because yeah. he's like he is very nice uh, I think he came off very nice on the show mm. he sort of has like a boyfriend vibe he's uh-huh. like he's like a f- guy that works in finance and like dr- <laughs> like he and he's like a big dude with like a beard and like you know he's a favorite so all the girls want to take pictures with him and I'm literally like ready to bring him on stage and girls are just pulling him aside, trying to get pictures with him seconds before he's going on. So it is sort of like being, uh, you know, to compare it to the Beatles is kind of difficult because I mean, it was never on that level, but it's like a shitty version of that. It's the idea that like you show up, you, you try to put on some sort of show and, and it's just, you know, this, the way that the Beatles like would do a show and couldn't hear themselves because it's just, crazy it's that type of level where it's just like there's it's just very disorganized because the fans are just and you so over the top yeah and you're saying they like it yeah they seem to i don't know if they like it they're cool with it they're cool it's cool it's crazy that they're cool with being flirted with by beautiful women yeah right right. for five (laughs) weeks of their life four years ago (laughs) that's incredible that they're okay with that i mean you'd think that maybe they would have some sort of problem with all these girls hanging out all did you have a problem when you appear on guys we fucked and girls and and women would message you well yeah and girls would message you to try to either hook up or just send you nudes did you have a problem with it was it hard for you i have i have a bigger problem now that it's i it <laughs> you're in stopped. a relationship <laughs> oh, oh you bigger problem now that it stopped <laughs> yeah i mean i would literally from working with corinne i would be able to uh, at this point still sort of leverage that <laughs> if i was single but uh now i'm just a fat man in a relationship happy but you know um uh, for our listening audience, you can't see right now, but Michael is weeping quietly. I'm just, <laughs> it's just me breathing hard oh, because oh, I gained sweat. so much weight. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, uh, I heard you had a little dinner with your dad, your dad recently. I did. Alma the Alma. puppy is barking. If you hear any barking, folks, um, oh, she's on to me. She's uh, she's got a lot of energy for uh, eleven o'clock at night here. <laughs> uh, so you went to. You went to dinner with your dad, and he had I some did. news for you, didn't he? Uh, he did. Uh, he broke the news to me that uh, boy. You got wide. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good way to say it. It's not as harsh as like, uh, Mike, you're fat. He tried to like spin it at first and ask me if it was muscle. And I was like, uh, no, dude, of course it's not muscle. I I obviously haven't been working. You don't get wide because uh, you you put on muscle. You know those outward abs that people have? It made no sense. Abs that physically go outside uh, beyond your tits. Yeah, it's just insane. So now I'm uh, eating tuna fish out of the can uh, with a side of baby carrots every day oh, to God. try to uh, attempt to oh, slim down God. a little bit. I don't know. I'd rather be fat than eat that shit. Um, but no. <laughs> that's good to hear. Well, let's get on with it. Uh, yeah, first speaking up, of thin, you know who's really thin? Who's that? 11-year-old boys. Oh, boy. And All right. uh, this, is, uh, this is the joke that's going to get us into a no, very no. serious discussion about uh, Michael Jackson and Leaving Neverland. Yeah. Four-hour documentary debuted at Sundance. Uh, it was a big hit at Sundance. People were leaving the screening shook from what I kept hearing. They had hearing. Uh, sex abuse counselors there. They had a bunch of stuff going on. Yeah. And uh, so what the documentary is, is it follows two men, and it's pretty much this, the movie cuts between some archive stuff of Michael Jackson, some photos of the boys with Michael Jackson growing up, yeah. drone shots of locations. Whenever they lot, mention a location, yeah, a there's drone a drone shots. shot, um, shot entirely on drones, and uh, and then just interviews with the boys. So it pretty much focuses on them. It doesn't really get into the history of Michael Jackson, about his personal history, um, and that's pretty much the documentary. And the two guys... Alma, you got to chill. Hey... Then just throw the toy. 
I, why don't if, you keep talking? Because we're doing a if fucking you throw the podcast. Toy, she'll, um, yeah. So it follows two two dudes um, and sort of goes through what they suffered at the hands of Michael Jackson. Um, the two guys. Let's. Look, I, I want to get this exact name right. Is uh, the dude from Crimea River? Yeah, well, he's Crimea River guy because he cheated. Uh, he was the person that Britney Spears cheated on Justin Timberlake with. Yes. Um, oh, Jesus Christ, I'm sorry. This is like dead air, but I, I'm just I preparation really... is not something that we do on this show. <laughs> if you want a show that's prepared, go listen to my other podcast, Social Villains, with Gene Getman. Uh, who has actively been calling the uh, booker of the Grizzly Pear uh, Comedy Club in New York City uh, a gay man, and he has not enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it, it's about Wade Robinson and James Safechuck. Basically, these two guys um, sort of came into Michael Jackson's orbit as children. Uh, Wade Robinson came into his orbit as a five-year-old because when Michael Jackson was about to tour in Australia, he won, he won a contest to... He won a contest, a Michael Jackson, essentially like dance-off contest. He he dressed exactly like Michael Jackson. He wasn't even supposed to be in the contest because he wasn't over seven. And yet he was so good that he won the contest. And so he ended up uh, being, he ended up meeting Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson went, interesting. I will take note of this five-year-old boy. <laughs> yeah. And sort of kept a tab on him, eventually Invited him out to L.A. He he goes to L.A. He stays at the Neverland Ranch. Uh, his entire family uproots their entire life. His mom divorces his father for several reasons. I mean, I'm sure that had something to do with it. And also um, uproots his entire life, moves to, moves to L.A. And then uh, the abuse continues for a few years. Yeah. And the same sort of pattern ha happens with James Safechuck. He is in a commercial, a Pepsi commercial with Michael Jackson. And he, the commercial is, is online. You can see it. He basically is a little boy who sort of wanders into Michael Jackson's dressing room, uh, tries on his stuff, and then all of a sudden you hear, hey, what you doing in there? You're being ridiculous. <laughs> You're being ignorant. <laughs> so he comes in and, you know, they sort of like dance it off for a second and that's it. And then Michael Jackson keeps note of this kid. This kid's nine, ten years old, keeps note of him, starts inviting him to the mansion and they have... A very disturbing relationship. Yes. Uh, as described by James Safechuck, basically, it's essentially like they're dating. Yeah. Like, if you look at any of the footage from back in the day of Michael Jackson, he was constantly holding a little boy's hand, mm -hmm. and bringing him on concert, uh, bringing him on tour, and just walking around with him. And now I realize those are his boyfriends. Oh, well, yeah. In his mind, these are the people he was dating. And then to everyone else, it was like, oh, look, he loves kids. Yeah, yeah. He's great with kids. Heal the world. And uh, it's really, it's really fucked up. Uh, and, and so the documentary just goes into details and I think really good details about specifics of what he did, how he groomed them, how he sort of separated the family. Define good. I mean, it's good in the sense of like... Descriptive? So like for me, like when I've dealt with sexual abuse things on my end, when I was sexually abused as a kid, I think it was very easy for me to be like, oh, I was molested by a cousin when I was five. Mm -hmm. But when you actually tell people what it is, it really hammers home what, what that means. Mm -hmm. So like for me, I have to tell people like, no, you don't understand. He made me go down on him. Um, I didn't really understand what that even was. He jerked off at me. Yeah. And people just that really nails it home for them because they don't truly molestation just sounds like a vague term. But if you really give them the actual thing, what happened, it really is kind of like, a, oh, man, that is. Not great. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and now I understand what you're talking about and why you're the... But if you just say a vague term like molestation, it's sort of like... It's bad, but it's not specifically. It's not specific right. to what exactly happened. And so in this documentary, you hear... To, both boys pretty much experienced the same sexual things. Right. They were um, first jerked off. Uh, for, they, they watched him jerk off. They would sort of get into poses for him. They would show their butts to him. Um, just like really graphic stuff. Yeah, that especially a a, a seven year old and a ten year old don't even understand why they're doing it. They're right. just doing it because someone they idolize told them to do told, it. told them to do it, and yeah. he's not forcing himself on you. So it doesn't 
I think for years they didn't fully see it as rape. They didn't see it as a sexual crime. They just saw it as a guy who I idolize, who I believe I love. Yeah. Is doing this stuff for me and I kind of like it. Right. But they didn't even have a a chance to like understand their sexuality. So that's pretty fucked up. Yeah. I mean, there is a whole lot to take away from this. Um, For one, I think to, to your point about the molestation thing, it's like uh, sexual harassment. Yes. It's a word that is not necessarily definable. Like there it's it's loose, right? It's loose, There's yeah. a lot of things that sort of fall under the umbrella. And I molestation is sort of like that, but when you literally hear them talking about like this is what we did. We had sex here. We he, he made me do this. He made me like open up my my butt cheeks and he would masturbate. Like yeah, you yeah. start hearing the the descriptions of what was actually happening and you start going, Oh man, so yes. this isn't, this isn't just a fucking, you know, dumb trope that we had about Michael Jackson for 30 years or however long that lasted. And speaking of that, the crazy thing to me, after looking at all the pictures that they had, cause I didn't really realize how many pictures there were of Michael with these two kids? Yeah. You know, uh, just the two of them. Yeah. It's a lot. Enough to fill a four-hour documentary. Yes. Um, the fact that while it was happening, nobody thought that it was, like, extremely bizarre. Uh, People thought it was extremely bizarre. I don't think so, though. Man. Uh, I think if like you type what you in were saying, Norm MacDonald, like, Michael Jackson jokes... He literally did, there's like a six minute video of him doing Michael Jackson jokes in like 96. Okay, but, 96 And, and the punchline, the punchline is literally, he's a molester, he's a pedophile, uh, he's a homosexual pedophile, is the punchline every single time. Now, I know 96 is late, but it's- It is late. This but, is exactly what I'm saying. But he's probably been doing this since like the late 70s, early 80s. Like he really got bold and figured out a system that worked. You isolate them at the ranch. You get them away from their parents. You bring them on tour. He really figured out his shit by that point. And that's when pe- people started to come out with accusations and uh, stories and stuff. So I think people have constantly been talking about this since the 90s. And But this is the thing. It becomes this weird thing where he's so famous mm-hmm. that... I don't even really want to compare this to the R. Kelly thing because it is different, I, I think, um, it, in the fact that like this was at a certain point just considered like a, a joke and this was just considered like oh, Michael Jackson fucks kids and like he's a weirdo and like whatever. And then like it all went to trial. People were just paid off to just go away and not testify. Yeah, why did they take the money? Whatever, right. Um, uh there was jokes at R. Kelly. If you recall, there was a great Chappelle sketch. I do. But the difference is also that like that was the only thing that you ever heard, I think, for a long time about R. Kelly. At least the public. Uh, I, I think remember, within the industry. Dude, I, I, I never knew about the Aaliyah thing. I don't. I knew about the Aaliyah thing in, in 2002. I remember this. I, I do. I'm not just saying this to be like clever. Maybe I was too young. I, I, in 2002, I was, I was in college 12. and I met R. Kelly in 2002. I, so how about this? I've met Michael Jackson and I've met R. Kelly. You met life. Michael Jackson? I met Michael Jackson. Uh, my mom brought it up this weekend because she was watching the documentary. Um, I met Michael Jackson when I was in that sweet spot for him. I was about seven or eight. Uh-huh. We were le- leaving Jekyll and Hyde theme restaurant. In New York. In, your, in, in Manhattan. Yeah. And he was leaving the Russian tea room, which is right around the corner from there. Right. He was leaving, getting into a limo. He he was wearing a surgeon's mask at this time, mm. uh, looking real creepy. Yeah, yeah. But I knew it was him. So well, how could you not? <laughs> yeah. So I did what could only be described as sweet, sweet music to his ears. I I screamed out in my seven year old voice, Michael. <laughs> and his he, he he was looking straight ahead, and all of a sudden he looked to the left, and sort of heard my prepubescent voice. Yeah. And he could tell I was experienced in that voice. You know what I mean? He could just yeah. tell that I was, I've already been groomed. Yeah. Uh, and he looked at me and went, ha. <laughs> I swear to God. And then he, he waved at me, smiled. I, I could see the you know uh, appearance of a smile. And he got in his limo and left. And that's when I met him. I met R. Kelly. I think I've said it before at in this DePaul podcast. Gym. He was coming to DePaul University 
gym and working out for some reason. I don't know if he lived anywhere near Lincoln Park, but yeah. he was coming there to work out with yeah. a bunch of college kids, which was pretty weird. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so that's pretty interesting because I told it. So there is a long <laughs> trail of tears. There's trails of tears, but it's jokes for a while. Until, oh, no, I meant in your life. I oh, mean, yeah, you're directly yeah, yeah. affiliated with yeah. uh, sex offenders. If you had like, um, do you know like if everyone in New York City walked around with your mutual friends in common above their head, you'd be surprised how like common everything is. Yeah. You're like one person away. It's probably the same thing with, with sex offenders. You probably like walk past the sex offender all the time. And I would take it a step further. Not only sex offenders, but one of my big takeaways with this was the desperation that a lot of people have to, I don't necessarily want to say be famous, yeah. but the spell that they are put under by celebrity. And yeah. Michael Jackson is the perfect example where the, the Robson, um, his family literally moved him from Australia to Los Angeles on a whim to pursue his dancing career at the age of seven. Right. You know, like you do for your seven year old. He's so right. talented at dancing. Hey, but you literally think in your head, this is my, sh- the, the Michael Jackson thinks my kid has talent. I have an in. I have an in. Yeah. With, but really with the, the biggest talent star is on the planet. M- Michael Jackson wants to have, he wants to fuck my kid. Right. Exactly. Is really the, the talent that he's but really saying. The point saying. is that it's so mystifying and this goes into the whole thing that, I feel like it's been... Un- we talked about it a little bit with the R. Kelly uh, documentary also. I really feel like right now we're starting to sort of blow the lid off of how celebrity is sort of perpetuated in, uh-huh. in, in Hollywood. Yeah. And this is it. This is it. Yeah. It, it's a, more, a little more complex than that, but this is it. This is how people get, get opportunities in Hollywood. It starts Because off- people... People are put in such desperate situations, and you see it every time you talk. Uh, one of the parents talked on this thing. Yeah, it was Michael Jackson, and I wanted, you know, I, I, I didn't think anything was happening. I would check on them. He's and, too famous. You know what I mean? You would have heard something. Yeah. You, it's not what you think. Uh, somebody that you've, you've grown up with. I mean, Michael Jackson has been famous since he was six. Five or six years old with the Jackson Five. So someone that you yeah. physically grew up with, that you've seen grow up in in public, you feel like you know him. Yeah. And so when he, when the light shines from him, you know, you know, why would you extinguish it by going? I don't feel comfortable with my son sleeping in the same bed with you. Yeah. And you talk to your son. Is anything weird going on? No, no, it's fine. I, in fact, if you don't We're let me sleep friends, in mommy. it, if you don't let me sleep in his bed, I hate you. Yeah. I never want to speak to you again. You're so mean. We're having fun. And, you know, that coupled with the money that you're getting, coupled with the house you're getting, coupled with the lifestyle, the lifestyle that you're being exposed to, you know, you're playing with monkeys. You're on a Ferris wheel every day. You're getting free popcorn. You you have your own movie. Like, it's insane. Yeah. It's truly insane. And and, and you're with, you know, and, and your face seems to be a very nice guy. He's. Yeah. He's smiling at you. He's asking about your life. He's saying, at one point to both parents, he sort of grooms them to be like mother figures to him. Right. And they both say like, he felt like a son to me, which is insane, which yeah. is truly insane. Because right. they're the same age. They're like the, in their thirties and it feels like a son to me. Like, no, he shouldn't feel like a son to you. And let's put it, in, act. put it in this type of context, right? Let's take the money and put it on semi even. I don't even to say even playing field but let's say a guy who was like rich enough to still sort of pay for elements of an upgraded lifestyle for mm-hmm. you right and all he all he wants to do is have your kids sleep in the bed with him but he's a he's just a super successful plumber mm-hmm. with so much money because he's so successful he works really hard yeah and he's paying for all this shit, uh-huh. but he's a plumber, but he wants your kid in the bed <laughs> with him. I, I would say, what's the insistence do, on... Do you let him do it? No. So why is this different? I know that he is so famous. He, he literally is the, the most famous person in the world. And at a time when celebrities were celebrities, like this is the most famous celebrity. It's not like a... Oh, it's Woody Allen. It, it's literally the only f- person who's recognizable in the entire world. 
he, he, he had to be the most recognizable human being in the world for 20 years, right? It's a level of celebrity that no plumber can do. But the point is that it's like, what are you intoxicated by? Are you intoxicated by the money and the lifestyle? Are you intoxicated by the fact that it's Michael Jackson? Because I'm trying to figure it's, out. It's everything. I'm trying it's to figure out what the breaking point is. In your face, where he's you not say, doing it. It's fine for you to sleep in the bed with well, Michael Jackson. You see, with uh, you see with both of them, he starts off slow. He starts pushing the boundaries, pushing right. the boundaries. At, right. at, at one point, there, the, the hotel the, thing. Yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah. the moms are sort of tra- traveling with Michael Jackson. The parents are traveling with him, and then eventually, it's like. He keeps on grooming the child, and the child's like, "Please, I want to stay over. We stay up all night watching movies. It's so much fun, cotton candy." Right. And then finally, they go, "Oh, okay." But I will be in the next room next door if you need anything. Knock. Then it's like, "Okay, I'm two rooms down." Right. All right. Now I'm all the way in like a different floor in the hotel. Right. Because now he's he's got his claws in, and he's really fucking around with these kids. And that's what happened in this. He fu- he, he slowly did it. It's methodical. It's not just a. Uh, I think people really get their their minds confused. It's not like he's holding these kids down. He's sort of grooming them to make it seem voluntary. When he, I, I get yeah. I mean yeah. Psychologically, it's there's a lot of fucked up shit going on. Yeah, but I don't know. I I don't understand the. I don't maybe because we're not. I mean, we do a podcast, but I don't think we're driven by fame. I am. Uh. <laughs> I just don't understand. I like, spent a thousand dollars to get posted on Instagram now. <laughs> this podcast, so I just can't see a level where I am letting a level of desperation that I'm hitting, where I'm allowing that to happen. If I'm, this is the thing, though, man. It's like it's so intoxicating for these people to get their kids in a room with Michael Jackson, even if it means they're under the covers with him. Yeah, you know. Well, it's another thing too. It's like willful. It, I, I don't know. It's a lot of things. It's will. It's willful ignorance. It's intoxication. It's uh, you know you're getting reassured from your kid that everything's fine. Your kid seems to be fine, and it's not a thing that really manifests itself until much later on when they actually have time. Like for me, I needed time to understand what the fuck happened, and then I really thought about it in my teenage years when I was like sixteen, seventeen. I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Uh, that's not cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, I don't know. The weird thing about all this is that all this shit was there back in the day. Like Vanity Fair was reporting on this uh, in the early 2000s, late 90s are reporting about this. I think Maureen uh, Orth was reporting about this and it just didn't make a difference. It's sort of like how the Bill Cosby thing happened because of Hannibal Burris. A fan had to illegally tape Hannibal Burris's throwaway line in a stand-up show. That had to go viral somehow. Yeah. Had to be in Philly. And the thing is, there was already an article in the Philadelphian from like seven years ago detailing everything that he did, that he paid off all these people for, for rape cases. So it's like these things existed. We just needed something to make it a viral breaking point. And this documentary is that, you know? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Why now? Why now? Why are all of... Why is there... Why is this the flavor of the moment? What do you mean? I'm saying it's sort of... It can't be an accident that these expose documentaries are sort of coming out at the same time. Um, I think there's more acceptance from society to believe these people. Whereas I don't know if necessarily that was the case... I, I can't imagine a documentary being done about Michael Jackson 10, 15 years ago. Uh, one, because I imagine they, they would be terrified of, of litigation. And then two, but they still, I mean, he still has an estate. He still, the yeah, Jackson family still and they've a lawyer. threatened to sue. They said they're going to sue HBO, but I, I, I think that's, I, I think that's disingenuous. I'm like, what else can they do? They're going to say, yeah, you're right. <laughs> He was he fucked these kids. You know what I mean? They, they, they have no other choice. Right. So the point is their whole that, point is to protect their money. So yeah. But why, so then why why be more afraid of litigation eight years ago? I I, I think my docu- point is that it's the just documentary like, does a good job of showing that these kids had to get there on their own, 
and they wouldn't I think for both of them they didn't admit it to anybody alive until they were in their late 20s I just find it odd that all of a sudden we're just like we're believing everything I and when I when I I, while I say that I'm not saying that these kids are that these guys are not telling the truth or anything I just find it odd that there's all of a sudden been a, been this swing where it's like the the thing that I that's crazy to me at least I'd say a little more watching this documentary uh-huh. more so than the R Kelly thing because I think the R Kelly thing I I understand why I didn't know all the stories that yeah. for the first uh, factor being that these are mostly black women that yeah. have these stories and like they said in the documentary uh, nobody seems to care about black women they're they're just you know, shit could just happen in that community. And the story just never gets to us because they are like, they are just the most, um, overlooked, um, uh, type of person in society. Yes. Um, so that with that line of logic, that sort of makes sense to me. Like why I wouldn't uh, know a lot of these stories with this. It seems like it was never even attempted. There was no attempt to hide it. It was like out in the open. He was he literally holding hands with around children. kids. Yeah, he was constantly. literally holding hands. If you remember, there was a Martin Bashir documentary in 2005 that was a big deal when it came out, where he he got to interview him on Neverland, and it's like, is it, yeah, that, I remember was that. it true that you held that you've slept in kids with uh, you slept in bed with little boys? And he goes, of course, I, I love children. Of course, I've done it. And people were it kind of made a big stink, and then it went away. And then people were like, yeah. well, he's weird. Yeah, and it's like, no, he's pretty much a. But that was it. That Can was you always ever the rap that it was just like, wow, what a weirdo. But I I mean, I, I'm pushing back in the sense of f- from the mid-90s, there have been e- assumptions and jokes that he is a, a pedophile molester. Yeah. And it's not like this is an all of a sudden thing. This has literally been going on for 20 years that people have been saying this, insinuating it. And then in a lot of cases, suing him and trying to bring him to court and then either getting paid out or he was found not guilty in his criminal trial in 2005. So it's not that like this is all of a sudden. It's just that at this point in, in, in culture, it's more acceptable to hear from these people. I don't think it was more acceptable to give a shit what they had to say because in, in the uh, there was a kid, Jordy Chandler, who they show in this, who's who he was molested by Michael Jackson for about a couple months. His, his, uh, his dad finds out his dad... Is furious, uh, and that starts the the process of Michael Jackson is about to be taken to court. He's he's getting dispositions. Jordy Chandler at one point uh, describes Michael Jackson's penis, saying right. he has a discoloration near the base, and it matches. Yeah, yeah. So they get this statement from him. They put it in an envelope. They seal it with a Santa Barbara County stamp, and then they go and photograph Michael Jackson a few months later. And then I compare the two and it's and matches. And that is why he, he was given $25 million because they knew he, they had him dead to rights. They mm-hmm. had, I, I like, there's no way to do that unless you were molested by Michael Jackson. Right. So he was paid $25 million And then so you sort of get these people say, well, how can you accept money when you want justice? And the answer is very easy. Mike, would you like to testify about the two years of your life when a, uh, a grown adult fucked you when you were seven, or would you rather get $25 million and never speak of it again? And yeah, and go away. And have it go away and have people not bother you. Oh, oh, and here's the thing. If you testify against this person, he may not go to jail. He's a great lawyer, so keep that in mind. It's <laughs> a good point. So, like, what's your option there? Your option is... You get zero money. Your life is re-traumatized again to do this. And the positive is maybe he doesn't do this again. You know? Yeah. He, he got caught. He serves time in jail. He goes to jail. He's convicted. That's best case scenario. Worst case scenario, you're re-triggered again. You're re-traumatized again. People don't believe you. Yeah. He gets off scot-free for whatever reason because there's a lot of Michael Jackson fans out there. Right. And as we saw in the documentary. As you saw, people yeah. People who were literally talking to a, a camera, putting up a YouTube video going, you know, fuck you, Wade Robson. Fuck you. Yeah. I hate you. Yeah. Yeah. Literally and looking at the camera. Guy. That's literally one guy. Defending a dead man. Yeah. Who everyone said was a child molester. Right. They, there's, no, <laughs> there's no doubt about it. Yeah. There's, put it this way. 
If I said for the last 20 years, I've been sleeping with boys, exclusively boys, not girls, boys in my bedroom. That's a good point, too. And not molesting them. Yeah. That would be fucking crazy. Yeah. 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 Right? Yeah. 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 You'd be investigated immediately. How about this? Yeah. If, I inv- if I'm a straight man, I am. Uh, and, and I and I invited, <laughs> and every day for the last 10 years, I've invited a woman to sleep in bed with me, and we didn't mess around or do anything, or I didn't try, I didn't... You would think I was fucking crazy, right? Yeah. There's no one I'm sharing a bed with that there's not maybe one day going to be an option to like, well, let me just try something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's truly impossible. So I, so yeah, so there's a lot of pushback for that. And then both these boys uh, twice were told to um, testify for Michael Jackson. This is where the, the ickiness sort of gets in there. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he had a suit. uh and I think when the boys were about 11 or 12, they were told to testify for him. They testified for him. When they were about 21, they were told to testify for him in the 2005 case. And they both described being in love with the guy and really being conflicted over it, not fully... I mean, they still haven't told anybody what's happened. Mm-hmm. And they testified for him again. And that's where you sort of get to this point now where a lot of people I work with will say that Michael Jackson didn't do anything. You you actually work with people that believe that he didn't do anything? Yes. They're saying, why did he come out now? What are they doing about this? And I'm like, <laughs> dude, I, I... I really would like to be inside that brain. I would like to be the person who watches this and goes like, he didn't do it. There's no fucking way. <laughs> There's no fucking way. The evidence is everywhere. Yeah. I mean, like, even if this is a skewed documentary, which I... Find it hard to believe. It just seems like these were two guys, just you know, blatantly telling their story soberingly. Uh, who's the other guy? Not Rob Robson. The other guy, uh, James Shave Chuck. He, I mean, if you he's watch him on camera, he's literally yeah. He looks like he he needs a shot, like a cold shower. Yeah, like uh, he looks like he needs like somebody to sort of like hey, James snap out of it. Uh, Do you know I, what I mean? At, at one point, he describes a marriage ceremony that Michael Jackson had for him where Michael Jackson said we should get married. So they go to a jewelry store. They pretend they're buying jewelry for a woman that Michael Jackson wants to propose to, uh, which obviously is not true. Right. He's a homosexual man. Right. And, and a pedophile. And a pedophile. And so the, James Safechuck chooses out a ring, and they have a marriage ceremony back at his house, like a fake marriage ceremony with, with the two of them. And then in the documentary, current day James Safechuck pulls out a little bag full of jewelry yeah. really really expensive looking jewelry yeah. his hands are shaking at one point because he's so creeped out but that this is the fucking jewelry that was given to him for fucking michael jackson and you see him like 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 not doing well yeah and it's uh and where the fuck did he get that jewelry at one point they show faxes that michael jackson sent from on tour of all these things that he fucking did it, like just saying oh my little doodle head i miss you hope you're doing well you know, it's just I mean, it's just crazy stuff the amount of stuff these two guys have yeah that michael jackson would fax them from the road every single day a nine-year-old boy a 10-year-old boy faxing him every day yeah i mean that's insane i i agree 100 percent. i the other thing i th- i think about with these these fucking poor guys is like they they have families now yeah and it They're seems like married with yeah children children seems like one of the things that triggered them was bundy they had uh, once their child was born, it yes. sort of in re- reignited this feeling of I have to protect this child, this and child I wouldn't let anybody like fuck me, this child. And this child is now close to the same age I was when I met Michael Jackson, right. and that fucks with their heads. And it, and they both say it. They both say when we had a kid, it really it really fucked in my head. Right. So the other thing that I start thinking about is how how if you're this person, I mean I don't know if there are significant others knew who they were and like what their deal was when Uh they got involved. But how do you convey that to somebody Um, while you're dating them? And just be like, I got to tell you something. uh, I I sort of, I think it's the easiest person to tell. It's easier than you. I I mean, maybe. Well, I'm telling you as someone who's told people they've dated. The first person I I ever dated, seriously, I told that to. That was probably the first person I've ever told that to. Yeah. Was somebody, was the first person, the, the woman who took my virginity. The, yeah. The girl I dated for a while. Are you checking your Apple watch to see if you still have her contact? No, I, uh, we're Facebook friends. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and 
so I, I think that makes sense that the most intimate person you're with, someone that you're closer than your parents, and your parents are responsible for putting you there, mm-hmm. you're going to tell. So I, I believe that. And at one point, um, Wade Robeson says something that I did. He goes, um, when people would ask him, he would sort of make a joke saying, well, if it's true, then like, why wasn't I sexy enough for him? Ha ha right. ha. And that's literally a joke that I've made <laughs> talking about me getting molested. I was yeah. like, you know, I was molested, but it's because I was like super sexy as a kid. You know, it just was like a, a perfect 10 year old, just like a perfect 10 year old. Just like, you know, I had this like ripped stomach, you know, I think it was the last time I had abs, you know. You seem disturbed, Mike. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> but uh, I would make I would make jokes to deflect. I would make jokes to sort of be like, you know, whatever. It's uncomfortable to talk about. Yeah. Um, but the good thing is they were molested by somebody who was the king of pop. Hmm. And not just some creepy priest. <laughs> right. I guess that's the silver lining. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I don't uh, know if it makes it better or worse. Last thing on this. Uh, and then we can move on. Uh, can you still listen to Michael Jackson's music? Well, uh, the good people at Planet Fitness do not care <laughs> about this documentary. PYC is still playing. Uh, the, the good people at uh, a lot of places. I heard it. Where the fuck? Did, I just heard it the other day. There's just no fucks given. So I don't really have a choice. Um, it's definitely one of those things. Every single time now I've heard a song, I've thought back to the documentary. Mm-hmm. So for the time being, the answer is no. I can't really get beyond it. I don't know. How about you? Um, I don't know. I always went back and forth with Michael Jackson to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I do think about it now, and like, I mean, PYT is a real fucking yeah, pretty young thing. Yeah, it's like all the signs were there. He had a song called PYT. He told us he was bad. Yeah. He was always looking for a thriller. And what's more thrilling than a secretly fucking children? Yeah. In your creepy, creepy, creepy house. Why? Why? Tell them that it's human nature. (laughs) Uh, All right, moving on. Hey, man, free the world. Yeah. We've got a couple minutes left before (laughs) I fall asleep. Uh, Bachelor finale. What do you think? Uh... We have to switch gears into something that's not oh, child God. molestation. I, I, Don't you think? I guess. I mean, it was more interesting than Colton else. I'll tell you that. Well, let's let's recap it real quick and get the fuck out of here. Okay, <laughs> real quick. Uh, so Colton was like, I want to convince this woman that I <laughs> love you and you should love me, which is always, you know, the manliest thing you can do. Yeah. And uh, it always works. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it never works, and I'm amazed what happened in this episode. So he 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 breaks up with the other two girls. He says, "You know what? I'm gonna throw all my stones at this woman," and she agrees. Yeah, she's looking around. She sees the camera. She sees her 15 minutes fading slowly into the sunset. She yeah. sees herself being not the bachelorette, and she goes, "Just someone's wife." <laughs> yeah, she goes, "You know what? Let's give it a go." <laughs> yeah, let's put on a charade. And so they uh, go to Mallorca, Spain, beautiful Mallorca, Spain, beautiful island off Spain. And uh, they go there and they hang out and they meet Colton's family. They meet Colton's ball dad. In Spain? In Spain. They're hanging out in Spain waiting. And uh, Colton has to explain to them, there's not three women you're meeting. There's just one. The other two I sent home and this other one wants nothing to do with me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still trying to win her over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, just give it time. And... uh, they sort of reluctantly question her and they eventually go along with it and uh, whatever. It sort of ends with like, we're hoping for the best. It's going pretty well. And then it cuts to the uh, women tell all bachelor and uh, they're in love. They both have said, I love you. They, she's come around to it. They won't say whether or not he's lost his virginity. I'm assuming yes, because why would you say, I don't want to talk about it? Yeah. If the answer is no, it's like, no. No, I haven't. It's true. Right? Hey, did you kill somebody yesterday? No. Hey, did you kill somebody yesterday? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's a simple no if you have it. It's a fair point. Right? Yeah. Hey, did you molest somebody? 
I slept in beds with them. <laughs> Did you molest them? <laughs> I slept in beds with them. <laughs> of course, I love children. I love children. <laughs> I'm asking you a question, Michael. <laughs> Did you sleep with these children? Uh, yeah, so that happens. Uh, and uh, Oh, yeah, and Hannah B. was named The Bachelorette. Good for her. Very charming. I, I've come around nice. to her. Great. She, um, <laughs> they had five dudes come up and do like a quick little first impression rose type thing. Um, nothing too exciting. Uh, once again, I find myself rooting for all of my fellow minorities. So the one black guy came out was probably the chillest, coolest dude. And then the lamest was a Asian. No, no, ah. <laughs> there's no Asians. You fool. Damn. There's no Asians on the show. It's <laughs> once every four years. They'll have a, a male Asian. Uh, and so they had a white guy from Austin, Texas come out and white rap. Mm, oh God. And he did a white rap about Hannah B. And then he blew rose petals at her and said a roll tide thing. And if you go to our Instagram right now, it is on there. I put up the 45-second video that is very uncomfortable. If you need to cringe, folks, that's where you want to go. That's exactly where you want to go. She's not very good at being on the spot. We saw her toast early in the year, and she's very bad at being on the spot. And she, once again, was bad at being on the spot. But she's got big old teeth, and she's very funny. Mm. She's she's bachelorette funny, not human funny. Well, it's a a start. Yeah, it's a start. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, so that was pretty much it. Uh, I don't really give a shit about Colton and uh, his his woman. <laughs> so much so I've oh Cassie, I've forgotten her name already. Uh, pretty boring people in general. Yeah. Um, he, he seems like a genuine guy, but I don't. I know, I'm so happy. Well, he is losing his hair, uh, and I think that's a great place to end it. <laughs> oh oh, he was losing his hair, and then all of a sudden he had his hair back for the. The ladies tell all. Oh, yeah. Well, you know how it grows back sometimes. Yeah. If you want to know how boring this couple is, this is a headline that I just read. The Bachelor's newest couple already bonding over shared love of crackers and mustard. Mm. Everybody's got their thing. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, Mike, uh, is there anything you'd like to say about Michael Jackson before we, we never speak about him or Colton Underwood ever again in our lives? Um. No, <laughs> I'm good. Great. I'm, I'm tired. I want to go to sleep. <laughs> Great. Anything you want to say? Period. No. All right. I'm at Mike Coscarelli on Instagram <laughs> and Twitter. Justin. Uh, I'm at Justin Perez on Twitter and at the Fart Box on Instagram. Want to shout out to one of our fans, Dave. Gianni, Gianni. Oh, yeah, Dave Gianni. We're definitely fucking up your name and we will continue to fuck up your name. I don't think we did. We got it. No, no. We definitely fucked it up. Uh, oh, it's Giannini. Oh. <laughs> right? Mike, pronounce this. You're Italian. Giannini. Dave Giannini. He had a concussion, had some health issues. Wishing you That's a why happy he likes our podcast. Yes. Because he had a concussion. He had a concussion. Uh, shout out to you keeping this concussion and continuing to support us. Shout out, Dave. Get well soon, my friend. Dave, I'll smash you in the head again if it means that you keep listening <laughs> to the pod. Uh, all right. Uh, we have the best fans in the world. Please rate, review, and subscribe to yes, us if you can. That. If you cannot, still do it anyway. We love you, and thanks. Yeah, we'll see you next week, guys. Thank you so much. Goodbye. <laughs>